0: talk to laugh through the pain of the U.S. education system. We'll see you there.
1: Это второй сезон нашей борьбы с криминальными сволочами. Ваш ведущий Дрек
0: Олиар. I'm Greg O'Liar. This is Prevail. Welcome to the program. We've got a great show from Los Angeles, California. The Entertainment Attorney and Renaissance Man. Ethan Behrman is here. We had a fun conversation, covered a lot of topics, both personal stuff, uh, <laughs> travel. Uh, there's there's tea on Jenna Ellis and Tucker Carlson. And then we talk a lot about the law, the future of the country, and stuff like that. Really good conversation. Um, Ethan's great. Go follow him on Twitter, Ethan Behrman. That's B-E-A-R-M-A-N. We'll have that for you in a minute. You know, I know I should have a rant up front about the, the shootings because it's just so infuriating and painful, right? I mean, how do you even process this at this point? Like, it's horrible. It's, it is a terrorist attack because it makes everybody with a soul stop what they're doing and respond to it and react to it emotionally. It's impossible not to. If you don't respond emotionally to what happened in Texas, there's something wrong with you, frankly or you just you've set up defenses to to not have it penetrate because you know that it will be uh, you know impossible for you to continue. Um certainly it ruined my day, it ruined everything. You know, it's just it's just a misery. It's 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 horrible and this keeps happening and the only thing I can think is the messaging needs to change from the democratic side of the aisle. We have been doing this appealing to the heartstrings and the angry, uh, how, why, when are we going to make change? When are we going to do this? I think that's the wrong tack to take. We've been taking that tack for a long time now. You know, Obama tried it after Sandy Hook. It doesn't work. These Republicans are impervious to it. They are amoral. They are never going to yield on this issue because their masters in the NRA will not allow it. So the first thing is the... the <laughs> The flow chart here is pretty fucking obvious. Russia infiltrated the NRA via Alexander Torshin and Maria Butina. And this isn't Greg Oliar's opinion. This is something that came out of a Senate report, okay? Russian money sloshed in there. It was given to Republican candidates. And now they, you know, they play the tune that's called by their whore masters. That's what they do. And they're going to continue to do that because they must. They have no choice. So the tack to take is... And I tried this on Twitter, and I really believe that this is the message. Republicans in Congress want this. They want it. They want our children to die. If they did not want our children to get slaughtered, they would have stopped it by now. That's the message. That's the message that everybody needs to send out. Let the Republicans play defense, because they should play defense, because this blood is on their hands. We keep like, I mean... It's in some ways amusing to watch Ted Cruz try to invent uh, excuses or Greg Abbott or Tucker Carlson. Oh, it's mental health. Oh, it's the doors of the school. Fuck you, Ted Cruz. Seriously, just fuck you. But that's what these guys do. That's their job. Their job is to prevaricate and to spin. And it's disgusting because they're doing this with faux outrage while kids are dying. And it's on them. There are 50 senators. This, I you know, Steve Kerr, coach of the Golden State Warriors, whose father was shot dead. His father was the president of the American school in Beirut in the 70s. He was killed. He was shot to death. So Steve Kerr knows about gun violence before the Warriors game, he gave a impassioned speech to the to the press, which trended a little bit on, on social media. You know, he's a basketball coach, and he had the best things to say about this. But even he didn't go quite far enough in fingering. He, he he didn't say the word Republican. I think he felt like it wasn't appropriate to do it. And you know what? He's he's a basketball coach trying to coach his game. And he went about as far as he could go. It's incumbent on the rest of us to say it. Name the the accomplices to these murders, because that's what they are. Ted Cruz is an accomplice. Mitch McConnell is an accomplice. Rand Paul Is an accomplice, Mitt Romney is an accomplice, the senators, all of them, Susan Collins, Lisa Markowski, they're all accomplices to murder, mass murder, slaughter, carnage. And I read this morning about those cops that wouldn't go into the building. Fuck them too. These fucking buffoons with their guns, and we need this and we need that. You won't even go in. Like if you're a cop now. Don't you dream about that? Like, there's a there's a killer on the loose in the school. I gotta go get him. Isn't that, like, what you dream about? That kind of opportunity for heroism and all you can do is stand outside with the parents who are yelling at you to go do something? It's fucking pathetic. Those guys, if they had any honor, would resign immediately. They would probably go further than that if they had any honor, but they don't have any honor because if they had honor, they would have gone into the fucking building. This is a disgrace. And I, you know... Maybe, is there a body count that will be enough to move this over the finish line? I don't know. I don't know. I'd like to think so, but it seems like we would have to kill every child in this country. And even then, Ted Cruz will figure out something to fucking blame. Because that's his job. Because he's a whore. And that's his job. So, finger them. Republicans want this. They want it. They want it. They need it. Their masters demand it, and they want it. And the reason they want it, by the way, is because it makes the United States look bad. It makes us look weak, like we can't get, like our shit isn't together. And who does that benefit? Putin, Russia, the authoritarian states. Because they can say, hey, we don't have a gun problem in our country. That's who it benefits, in case you're wondering. It does benefit somebody else, and that's who it benefits. Fucking Putin. So, for a million different reasons, this needs to stop. Um, Good on Beto for calling out Greg Abbott. Greg Abbott, one of the most evil people, the the collection of politicians on that stage in Texas, Greg Abbott, tree fell on him, paralyzing him, sues, gets this huge settlement, and then immediately uses his power to close that loophole so that other people that that happens to can't sue. I mean, what a fucking awful human being. Dan Patrick, the lieutenant governor of Texas, who actually has more power than Greg Abbott based on how the laws of Texas are written. He's the one who said that old people should just be willing to sacrifice their lives for the economy during the pandemic. That's what he. That's who he is. And the Attorney General of Texas, uh, Paxton, is under federal indictment for fraud. This trial has been going on for years. Meanwhile, this asshole is in charge of executing the laws in Texas. It's insane to me. Insane. And then Ted Cruz is up there too, and Cornyn, the un- another one, just a... I don't know what Texas did, what karma they had that they deserve, these horrible, horrible, venal, awful, mendacious politicians to run their state. But the demographics of Texas suggest that that should be a blue state if everybody voted. So, you know, if Texas turns blue, that's the ball game, And maybe that's what we should be focusing on. And maybe this will do it. I can't see between the power outages and the the kids getting killed and the gun bullshit. I don't understand how Greg Abbott is popular at all. I really don't. So, you know, I guess we'll see what happens. But in the meantime, it's it's repulsive. I feel horrible about it. I'm sure everybody does. You know, my wife is a therapist and she just did counseling with everybody that she spoke to the day after those attacks about the attacks. And uh, I'm sure she wasn't alone, you know anyway uh, okay I got that out of the way I felt like I had to say something I'm much longer than I thought we're gonna change tack I should I should add that Ethan and I recorded this before the shootings happened so I think that's important to note we're a little more jaunty than we would have been otherwise which is probably fine because I think we're all you know emotionally exhausted at this point so without further ado we'll be right back with Ethan Behrman. <laughs> Taylor Green is so hot. Marjorie Taylor Green is a thought. Marjorie Taylor Green, Jim Jordan, and Carthon Scalise, Elise Stefanik, and Matt Gates, and Lauren Bo. But it's a nice day to own the lips. It's a a nice day for some dark maga. It's a a nice day to light a milk. Ethan Bearman, welcome to the Prevail podcast.
1: Oh my gosh, Greg. You have no idea how excited I am to be here. Thank you. Thank you.
0: No, thank you for, for coming on. Um, you know, you were on the 5-8 with, with LB and I a couple of weeks ago, and I thought, this is stupid that I haven't asked you to come on the show yet. And uh, I, I decided that I needed to rectify that error immediately. Um, Damn it. So here you are. So thank you for taking the time. I know you you were traveling, and, and uh, you were jet lagged, and I, I, I didn't ask how the trip went. Was the trip good? Everything's good. You look okay. You look fit as a fiddle here.
1: Thank you. Thank you. No, trip was great. Uh, you know, it's funny in the airports. I strongly recommend people wear KN95, N95, KF94 style masks and protect themselves. People were really good on the airplanes, but airports to me were very, it didn't matter where I was in the world that I would be cautious.
0: Yeah, a no. lot of people
1: coughing and sneezing and not covering and I don't, I, you know, I don't
0: like, if I don't have to get sick, I'd rather not. You know, one of the silver linings of this is it's now socially acceptable to wear a mask like that on an airplane when you should probably wear that anyway, because, you know, people get sick on airplanes and then you're just there. And what can you do about it?
1: Well, haven't we all been on that flight where somebody a row ahead of you or a row behind you is coughing and sneezing the whole flight. And by the time you get off, you're like, oh, crap, I got whatever they were just yeah coughing about and now i'm sick for a week and i i don't i don't have time for that ain't nobody got time for that Greg. ain't nobody ain't nobody got time
0: for that i know what you're talking about i know that (laughs) um okay so the first question i want to ask you i want to i want to learn a little bit about your origin story i was going to ask are you from la originally but you already told me no you're from minneapolis so like the lakers you went from minneapolis to to la um but i'm curious about your you know why you decided to go into law because you're you're kind of like, you know how Saul Goodman is like, they, they say, we don't need a criminal attorney. We need a criminal attorney. You're like an entertainment attorney, but you're, you're entertainment and an attorney. You're like both things together. Um, so which came first, the chicken or the egg? That's my question.
1: So that, that, this is uh, a question I don't get asked very often. Oh, and good, okay. I, I thank you for doing that. Um, first off, growing up in Minnesota was a wonderful place to grow up. And uh, I, I definitely respect where I came from. I was a kid hacker. So I was the kid in first grade when my school got their first Apple computers. I actually helped set them all up. And um, I mean, and I literally started hacking and took my first programming class when I was like seven and started writing my own games and etc. So I was in tech, I was a nerd and but at the University of Minnesota I took theater and I loved it. But at that time I was like, but I can make money working in tech now. And my, I came out to LA, one of my close, close family friends was a big entertainment attorney out here. And she's like, Oh, man, you can you can do whatever. And I'm like, I don't want to be a waiter, and I don't do cocaine. (laughs) So, um, Cause at that time I went to a party up in the hills, you know, and there's like a pile of drugs and I'm like, I don't like drugs, drugs, drugs and me don't mix. I don't, I, they they just don't. Recreational drugs don't work for my body. So I was like, I'm not going to do this thing. And I got into computers and I did that for a long time. And then I got into radio and that's a whole separate story of how I got into radio. But let me give you this little tidbit. I was on second date maybe with my now wife And she has her master's from NYU and uh, she had worked in media and recorded artists and all that kind of stuff. And on like our second date, she said, now, why aren't you on TV? Why are you doing that stupid computer thing? (laughs) And I'm like, well, because it pays the bills. It's a steady income. And, And then years later, I'm like, oh, let me, let me, anyway. And so then I was in radio and. We were living in Santa Cruz, California. I was on the radio in San Francisco and in Santa Cruz, and I had a nationally syndicated show at that time. Uh, And I love radio. I actually absolutely love it. It is owned by a couple of giant corporations now and is run by accountants, not by people who give a crap about art or the audience or the medium. Um, Generally speaking, there still are some people out there, but mm, boy, I've only met a couple of them. Anyway, so we were, we were in Santa Cruz and I love the beach life. And my wife said, why don't you go take the LSAT? Okay. And I said, all right, I'll go take the, and I just took, went and took the LSAT and I got a good score and I didn't do any prep. I'm um, forgive me for saying that out loud.
0: It's okay. We got to take our, you, you have to, you know, you have to take your flowers when you have them. I, I, I guess the and, LSAT and- is tough. It's a tough test it is best. a very tough. And my
1: yeah. wife had had taken it and she had done well and and she went to grad school and all that stuff. But and then I was like, well, you know, all right, maybe maybe the law thing is is pretty good. It could either add to my media career because you know, when you see a lot of people on TV, it's um, you know, they have their their lawyers. Right. And, and, or maybe I want to practice law. And, and there was this great law school in Los Angeles called Loyola law school. Very famous people have come from there. Gloria Allred, Johnny Cochran, Robert Shapiro. I mean, just on and on, Mark Garagos. Uh, I mean, it just goes on and on all the people. I have, I have
0: heard people. of all of those people. You're not yes. even. Yeah.
1: And so it's this great law school and they have this renowned evening program. And I have a family, right? I have two kids, I have a wife. I'm the primary income earner. Oh, crud, I'm going to have to work and go to law school. Um, and they had this great evening program and they recruited me. And we we're like, well, we have to leave the beach and move to LA. And I've spent time in LA throughout my life because I've had family here. Yeah. And um, and my wife literally was like, yeah, let's pick up and move to LA. Okay. And we did.
0: Um, I, I love LA. I've been there a couple of times. There are beaches in LA, I'm pretty sure. Oh,
1: <laughs> gorgeous beaches, but it's um, it's not quite the same. Santa Santa Cruz is this laid back surfer town. Yeah, yeah. So it's got this vibe that's just chill, you know? Wait, do you is, surf also? I did learn to surf while I was in Santa Cruz. I had famous surfers teach me how to surf and um, I stay in
0: touch with those guys, yes. You're like a kind of a renaissance man and it's making me feel insecure about my own accomplishments. I'm, <laughs> I, I...
1: No, it's that it's here's the thing. And I, I suspect that you're similar, Greg. So let me ask you this question. Aren't you the guy that's curious to learn more about things?
0: Yes, I often I am that guy. Yeah,
1: yeah. Right. But so I'm also I...
0: scared. I'm also scared. I don't like to leave my house that much. Like I, if I saw the surfers surfing, I would be like, cool, those are the surfers surfing. And then I wouldn't talk to them. But you would go talk to them. Right? Yeah, I would. I yeah. would go talking
1: and go, man, tell me about this. How does it, I mean, you know, I'm from yeah, the yeah. west. What the hell do we know about surfing? I can tell you how to drive on a frozen lake, but uh, I can't help you much with surfing.
0: That's a, okay. Is that, that's a Minnesota thing. So oh, yeah. Um. Okay. So the radio, I, I, <laughs> I like what you said about the radio being, because you know, these classic rock stations that are on all the time, They not, not only do they, I don't object to playing classic rock, but there's like there's so little variety to the classic rock. So I always imagine that they literally have some sort of spreadsheet where they say, we have to play this Eric Clapton song at this time. We can't play the other Eric Clapton song that people might actually get excited about. Eric Clapton is a bad example. No one gets excited about Eric Clapton. We don't Ooh. want to play like a deep cut of like Bob Seeger or something, you know, we're only going to play the one song that's always on instead of this other stuff. And it's, it's infuriating because there's so much good music and we don't get to listen to any, you know,
1: I I, I will caution. So here's the deal. They okay. have figured it out. Yeah. They're, there really is a kind of a formula to how to generate ratings and yeah. they're always analyzing that and they're constantly revisiting it, but it removed, it becomes a calculation as opposed to, you know, for the love of something, or boy, it's complicated. There there are a handful of program directors out there who I know in kind of that arena. There's a really good new one out here uh, on K-Rock in LA. And he's, I can't remember his name right now, but he's pretty good. And he changed that mix. So it's not classic rock station, but it, it's a classic, rock station right k-rock okay okay and, yeah okay. Uh, we have
0: a k-rock in new york too but the, the, it, it's different i think but i remember when i was in i think in college one of the two classic oh. rock stations in in new york city was like they decided during the grunge era that they were not going to play classic rock anymore so they had they just they went crazy with these ads like it we're now alternative rock it's no more classic rock it's alternative rock alternative rock all the t- it's alternative rock this is the new home of alternative rock Here's the new one from Eric Clapton, like literally. And it's like, here's the dude, new one from all- Eric, Clapton. Eric Clapton. Yeah, it's like, what the, f- like, what are you doing? That is not alternative. That's wait, where's I- Soundgarden? Where's Alice in Chain? They did, they, yeah. they sort of meandered into it eventually, but it's like they couldn't <laughs> let it go. It's like the Linus blanket. Like, no, we have to have cocaine playing all the time. You know, uh, <laughs> how about Layla? Layla, Layla's too long, though. Yeah, right. A, because those long point. songs that don't want to, uh, you know, God forbid the song should be, you know, <laughs> more than three and a half minutes. You know, we can't, we can't have that, but um, <laughs> so, all right. So that's interesting. So you have this whole, you have really a, a, an interesting cross-section and a very California cross section of skills because you've got the tech stuff, you've got the law stuff and you've got the entertainment stuff. Um, as you mentioned, your daughter is on a major network, show home economics. Yeah.
1: ABC's Home Economics yeah. from Lionsgate TV and it's on Wednesday nights or anytime on Hulu if you want to <laughs> stream it.
0: <laughs> That's that must be fantastic to wa- to watch your kid on a show like that. Like my th- you know, I mean you must be swelling with with pride, right? Or or is, are is, are you past that now? I'm just like, eh, I got to drive here at this time.
1: Never passed it. It's okay. um, but here's the thing that makes me most proud about my daughter Shiloh. and and I can't overstate this, what makes it so incredible for me as a parent Uh, more than anything, is she was the one who wanted to be an actor. Uh, My wife and I both said, no, when you turn 18 and move out of the house, you can be an actor. And she kept pushing and pushing and asking and asking. And we made her do two years of acting school without any auditions. Couldn't talk to a manager, couldn't talk to an agent, no auditions. Every weekend for two years, you're going to go to acting school, a, a real acting school, um, called Young, Young Actors Studio in North Hollywood. And she did that and it was amazing. And then she was like, okay, I did my two years. It's my turn. And, and then she she works harder than anybody I know. I mean, I, I work hard and I work a lot and she works harder than I do. And for her to put her mind to something and set a goal and work and work and work, that makes me more proud than anything.
0: That's Because
1: yeah. it, it didn't just fall in her lap you know, and it wasn't just like a, oh, you knew somebody. And so you got the gig. It was, she worked her butt off and somebody spotted it and she continues to work harder than anybody I know.
0: That's great. That's wonderful. Congratulations on that because I know that that's a, that's a ruthless cutthroat business, as you know, and it's wonderful for her to, especially, you know, working hard like that because plenty of people do, but not everybody does. I don't know. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Not everybody does. There's a (laughs) lot of i've heard this i'm not sure if it's true there tends to be some nepotism in hollywood i don't know if that's well, true.
1: uh hmm i can't speak to that at all i wouldn't know anything i'm i
0: huh weird yeah. look at the time I, <laughs> um okay so i want to ask some law questions now okay okay even though you know what the, the world is turning to shit maybe we should just talk about tv shows and stuff that might be, <laughs> might be more fun um i can tell you some favorites but yeah so I was going to ask about the changes that you saw, like, because it seems to me that- I've already seen it. You know, yeah, the law has really been brutalized in a lot of ways or changed um, between the judges that Trump has installed on on the Supreme Court, but also in the lower courts, and how certain things are moving along. It it feels like we're going into the space of more oligarchical kind of uh, Reign here that the courts are kind of upholding. Is that are you seeing that, or is that just me, a non-lawyer? So
1: it's really important to differentiate. Okay, um, and I, I think this is. I, I'm so actually really really glad that you asked this question because if I only read Twitter, yes, um, I would think that the judiciary is in absolute disarray and there's no hope, right? And and that is not correct. So each state has their own judicial system that runs within that state they have their own laws and then there's the supreme court and the federal courts and the circuits that the supreme court of course rules the land that is supreme right it preempts anything that your state might do there's a whole long conversation about that but each state so like the state of california which is what i can speak to i'm 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 a member of the california bar and i practice in the federal court in the central district of California is what it's called. I see none of what we would talk about on Twitter, or what we would talk about when we talk about the Supreme court, the courts in California are operating the way that they always have COVID changed everything, of course. So now we allow zoom appearance. You know, we don't actually use zoom, but it like zoom appearances yeah stuff like that, although we're we're slowly shifting back to in-person, I'll be in court tomorrow in person. So from my perspective in terms of day-to-day practice, really Trump didn't change much. Now, Supreme Court decisions that will affect how we operate, that will change things. But even that is so negligible in terms of the day-to-day operations. So the LA Superior Court, I believe, is the largest courthouse in the Western world, at least. Okay. And so downtown Los Angeles is gi- absolutely gigantic. Almost none of the cases that you'll see there have anything to do with what the Supreme Court's ruling on that we're all talking about. Okay. So in terms of day-to-day operations, really nothing is changing. In terms of what it will mean for women in red states, yeah. what it will mean you know, in terms of voting in the future, but, but that won't affect California other than we're going to have an influx of women. We're, we're, uh, our governor, Gavin Newsom, who I, I think has made a minor, uh, a couple of minor mistakes, but he's a phenomenal politician. He's been a great governor and he's making us essentially a sanctuary state for women. And so we've set up a fund already, you know, to help women in, in these red states to come here. But then in terms of the, the law and how we're going to practice day to day, it really doesn't change
0: much. That's good to know. That's good to hear. Um, I think New York is the same way. You know, we have, in fact, I was just watching, um, we watched SNL, uh, that was on the the thing and we're zipping through the commercials, but the Kathy, uh, Hochul, our, our governor now who took over from Cuomo, you know, has, has a commercial saying she's going to keep abortion safe. She's going to, you know, it's an important thing and, and all that. And I feel like, you know, as long as I'm in New York, I will be okay. As long as they don't take up. but that's the, that's the thing that's also scary is like, Okay, California, New York will be all right, but what if we, have, Illinois. To... Illinois. But what if right. we have to go somewhere else? You know, what, right,
1: what... no, no, this yeah. is really scary stuff, right? So, so um, let's just say I know somebody um, who had a miscarriage, uh, so I'm not gonna identify the individual because they're not here to talk about it, right? But I know somebody who had a miscarriage and who needed a DNC, right? And so you have a deceased fetus Essentially calcifying slash rotting in the uterus. Now it's dead. Yeah, it has no viability for life, but it's already been conceived. So how do I go get a DNC in Texas or Oklahoma now? Yeah, I mean that's ins- these are just insane conversations to have in the year. 2022 and we're talking about this Greg what are we doing
0: I feel like these states these hick states are are uh, and I shouldn't say that because most of the people or a sizable of yeah. amount of the people that live in these places are not that way at all it's just the radical minority i think who have seized control through voters rights manipulation and other things but i feel like they're trying to out asshole each other with these things like they're trying to be like oh you think you're a misogynist and cruel and horrible where do you get a load of this you know, yes. and they're they're really just trying to be more ultra maga or whatever word you want to use. And it's, you know, to me, I've been trying to make the point that, um, yes, this this is horrible for women, obviously, especially poorer women, especially women who li- obviously the women who live in those states, women of color, etc. But this is the first, right. this is a major first step towards authoritarianism, towards fascism. And I feel like Democrats in general are not doing a good enough job connecting those two things.
1: So no, and it's even worse than that, I think, Greg, let me add to what you just said, because it's not just authoritarianism. It's not just fascism. You're talking about removing a right. So the only time that I recall removing a right was our ability to consume alcohol. And we saw how horrible that worked out. And then we had to pass another amendment to reinstate the ability to consume alcohol in this country and sell it. So for us to remove the, uh, a fundamental privacy right for women, which then removes a fundamental access to health care, a basic reproductive rights access to health care is such a gigantic step backwards. It's also, so adding to your terms authoritarian, fascism, it's theocratic, Yes. This is rooted in nonsensical biblical texts. So I'm Jewish. I also happen to know the Bible very well. I've studied it. I've talked about it and all that great stuff. And let me tell you, there is basically no justification for this even false religious basis. They base it in the idea that thou shalt not kill. Well, but the Bible repeatedly in various sections talks about um, if you injure a woman who's pregnant, but not given birth yet, you have to pay her. If you kill a woman and has given birth, uh, or you kill the baby after it's born, now you have to be put to death. So fundamental things that to kill an unborn child is just a monetary damage uh, to kill, you know, an actual ex utero living human uh, is be put to death. I mean, and then there's other things they talk about it being no better, no different than a thigh bone in unborn child. I mean, so this whole idea that we're moving down this path, which with a, and look, I have nothing wrong with um, the Catholic church or people who want to practice Catholicism. I'm very open to people practicing their religions, as long as they don't change, try and change my life. But we have a majority Catholic Supreme Court that seems to be down this path. That is what the Catholic church teaches, as opposed to the vast majority of judaism the vast majority of protestant christianity no atheists teach this you know what i mean even islam doesn't teach it, it on and on and on it's only the most fundamentalist religious people who teach this
0: it's not even catholics honestly because i thank you i thank you for the production no 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 i was brought up catholic i you know i was confirmed and as soon as i was confirmed i left and i i only go back if i if someone's dead and I get to give the eulogy after the priest, I'll go back to church, but otherwise I don't go. But I still I, I have the piece of paper somewhere in the Vatican. they have my thing. so I'm allowed to be critical. and it's not most people don't believe this this stuff. I mean, Catholics generally speaking are not uh, lunatics. Right. They have this is a radical Catholic sub, you know, it, it, it's a it's a subgroup of Catholicism that's affiliated with Opus Dei. I hate even bringing up that word because it makes everyone think of a stupid and movie. But Dan these Brown. are guys that, um, you know, the, this Father McCloskey, who is an Opus Dei priest, worked at the Catholic Information Center in DC. And all these people fell under his sway, including Scalia and Clarence Thomas and Bill Barr and um, Hanson, Robert Hanson, the FBI guy that got arrested for, you know, betraying the country uh the list goes on but th- that's who these people are opus day began in spain during the franco regime it has its roots in fascism it is a fascist and this is what these people want they want a, a holy war i mean bill barr said it at notre dame at the at the uh speech so a couple years ago. this is a holy war well okay if that 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 has no place on the on the on the supreme court i mean you know i know we're we're i'm you know preaching to the choir as they say but <laughs> i mean
1: i'll 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 just quietly allow you to continue to say those things and uh, i have to you know as a member of the court i i there are things i can and cannot you know opine about of course and um look i am on record though i will say this long ago from the beginning as a talk radio host i have never said anything positive about justice thomas because of even before going to law school, I was against Justice Thomas on the simple basis that during his confirmation hearing back in the 90s, which I remember vividly, he talked about stare decisis, precedent. To him, any Supreme Court decision is open to be overturned if he felt or thought that the, and I'm paraphrasing, of course, this isn't a direct quote, but that he thought that the underlying decision was wrong. Well, that's not how our entire legal system works. You cannot have a Supreme Court that just because we've now changed from this justice to that justice, all of the laws in our country change because that's the whole point of the judiciary. That's the point of stare decisis is to have a stable judiciary and that's, that's really the key is so Congress can't pass laws in violation of our Constitution or precedent. So there's some continuity in our country, some reliability there that the people can can count on it. And when you just go, eh, I don't like that decision, we're going to overturn it this week. That's a problem. And that's why every one of them testified. Oh, sorry, decisis. Um, And by the way, for all the memes that I saw on Twitter uh, quoting the four justices, there was only one that legally speaking, I have an issue with. Most of them said it in a way that is absolutely legit legally, meaning it is, you know, it is precedent, it's a major decision. Those are all true statements. Yeah. Um, but there was one of the four justices that was quoted in the memes that said it is settled law and precedent. So settled law is something different. So we have precedent. And then when we call it settled law, it means it's been challenged repeatedly in the Supreme court and the Supreme court has upheld it repeatedly. And so now we don't even bring it up for question anymore. And one of those four justices called it both settled and precedent and therefore I mean, look, um, and it's somebody that a lot of people talk about in terms of how do debts get paid off. Uh, oh, I
0: know who it is.
1: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but, stuff like that. So, I mean, you I know. I may have written a thing or two about this guy. Maybe, maybe. I do read, by the way, are we going to talk about Scotland today since that was uh, your latest um, poem that I received oh, in your newsletter? We Craig? can.
0: We, we can talk about whatever you like, you know. So... <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm not kidding. So I, I took my family to Scotland a few years ago. My my wife's heritage is from the highlands.
0: Okay. And how and was it? Are you scoping it, out places to move to when the fascist overthrow happens?
1: I'm not saying that I am.
0: <laughs> you're not saying that you're not. Okay.
1: <laughs> Scottish highlands are are absolute magic. It is magical there i can't tell
0: have you been to scotland i've never been to scotland i've never been to ireland i was in london for three days in like 1995
1: craig man we got to get you out of the house yeah uh, Uh,
0: um i've been other places i just haven't been there yeah 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 Uh,
1: (laughs) but the scottish highlands are just unbelievable so it's really
0: really unique i
1: even ate haggis and i don't eat stuff like that
0: it was good? good okay okay do they have, is that like a beer place or do they, what do they oh, drink yeah. at Scotland? They have very good. Be- um, uh, I mean, Scotch, obviously, but yeah. <clears throat> I was
1: just going to say, so as a single malt fan, okay, I rather enjoyed, I'll have to send you a picture of this one place we went to. They had three entire like liquor carts of just Scottish single malts. Wow. Okay. I mean there's that kind of variety. It is uh so definitely single malt they definitely they like their beer, There, they uh there was Guinness everywhere. I remember that. Um, I'm more if I drink beer I'm
0: more of a pilsner kind of a guy. Same here. Yeah. I but, like Guinness though. I like Guinness though. I do not I, do get- I don't actually like scotch though because of the smoky flavor. I'm more But don't know if- there's scotch
1: that doesn't have smoky flavor.
0: Oh. Okay. That's what I'm telling you. You've been okay. so so
1: if you go you can there is a magical assortment of scotches that you can't even believe. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. And I've enjoyed a variety of scotches over the years. I don't drink a lot, but, but I do really enjoy a scotch, a good scotch.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, I'm down. I I prefer when I'm drinking brown liquor, I prefer it to come from Kentucky, which again, a bourbon Mm. comes back and rye, but it comes back to this. Like, what do we do? I need Kentucky to be not insane. Because I need. Well, their... here's what's.
1: But here's Kentucky's so interesting, right? I mean, they have a Democratic governor.
0: Yeah, they do. Sheer,
1: right? And did I, did I say it right? I think so. So oh, if I
0: something were to happen to these guys, if they were to somehow be arrested or and have to leave office, they would be a Democrat. Might be named to replace them.
1: It's possible. But but there, can I personally believe. I've also lived in states like Texas, and I uh, I, I I supported uh, Kinky Friedman for governor in 06 <laughs> against. Uh, whatever his name is, that was the governor and then the energy secretary, who I don't want to name him, um, He, who shall not be named. By the way, while I lived in Texas, he tried to add 14
0: new coal power plants. I mean, what a moron. And anyway. Um, I saw him on Dancing with the Stars and he is. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's not, a, he's not a bright guy. I mean, he, he,
1: Mr. Hare. He was a cheerleader at a uh, and was Anyhow, he does what his donors told him. Yeah, And uh, that's what I believed, at least. I felt he was very corrupt. And anyway, but I think in places like Kentucky, I think in places like Georgia, we've seen this now with uh, Reverend Warnock, Senator Warnock, and Senator Ossoff now, um, but I, I deeply believe in states like Texas with Beto and Kentucky, if, you, if the Democrats can successfully challenge some of these new, very difficult voter laws, but let's, let's be honest about this. These new voter restrictive restriction voter laws have, are new, right? So if Democrats weren't defeating McConnell or the Rand Pauls before, what were we doing wrong? And what we were doing wrong is we play defense. We don't play offense. What we were doing wrong is we didn't focus enough on funding. I'm looking at the national groups right now states like texas where beto could have beaten uh ted cruz for example and he only lost by 2.4 yeah, percent I, I think
0: if everybody voted if everybody who wanted that's to vote key. voted they would i think texas would be blue that's, and and that would be it it would be you know it's, they, it's all over for the republicans yeah texas and they know too. it and that's why they have to have their attorney general who has been who's oh, under Paxton. federal indictment he's th- under federal indictment for like for not i mean for fraud not for some little thing like a big Kind of deal. And he's he's the guy in charge of executing the laws in the state of Texas. It's insane. One of the many, many, many insane things that we're living Ugh. under. <laughs> and
1: and 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 you bring up something interesting as well. As in a as a I take ethics, legal ethics very seriously. I mean, I it, it almost sounds, you know, I was a Boy Scout. I serve jury duty when I get called, I joined the army and Ninety-one because I thought my country needed me and.
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa. When, whoa, whoa, whoa. You yep. join the army?
1: Yeah, and when worse is, um, I, aced the ASVAB. Okay, that's like the SAT for joining the military, right? Okay, and then I also took the the defense uh, the 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 language. I can't remember what that is called now. That is that long ago. That's thirty-one years ago. Uh, I took the language aptitude tests and I you know, was at the top of the the scale on that. And I had a recruiting sergeant who was very good at what he did because I said, Oh, I want to be a 96 Foxtrot psychological operations. I remembered psyops getting Noriega out of his, uh, mm-hmm. his place and being you know, blasting the rock music. And I'm like, yes, that's what I want to do in the military is play with people's minds. And, um, okay. And, uh, and he's like, oh, Ethan, you know, I know you're going to college. It's, um, you have to go to basic training. And then it's a 52-week AIT out in this place that you would never like. It's remote. It's Monterey, California. And you wouldn't, you wouldn't like that. It's 52 weeks. And you're going to miss an entire year of college if you do that. So I'll tell you what. We've got a deal. It is, if you do infantry, It's combined 13 weeks. You can do it during your summer break, 13 week, basic training, AIT, you're in and out. And, and right now we have a $1,500 bonus. And I was like, oh my gosh, I could use 1500 bucks. My family didn't pay for my college. So um, it's up to me. Oh, great. 1500 bucks. And I can do it during my summer vacation. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm in to do infantry. And then I blew out my shoulder uh, in basic. So that's what happened to me.
0: So what, so you didn't, you didn't keep going after you blow yeah. your shoulder, they let you leave.
1: Yeah. They're like, Oh, we can, we can do surgery on you and it'll take you a, a year to recover from our surgery or we can send you home to your surgeon and, and, uh, and you can, st- and you can do that. And, and I'm like, okay, great. I'll, I'll take my DD 214. I got my DD 214 and, uh, and I went home and, um, Anyway, so yes, that's what happened. I have a gigantic scar uh, that runs
0: all the way over my shoulder from it. How did, how did that happen? How did you hurt yourself?
1: Well, it depends. Uh, the army will tell you one thing, and my surgeon will tell you something different.
0: <laughs> so uh,
1: my surgeon would tell you, who used to be an army surgeon, by the way, before he went into private practice afterwards, but uh, he said uh, it was actually the pack, uh, the rucksack uh, pulled my, my collarbone out of place. Okay. And then it was shoving the, the arm. I was dislocating my arm. So what, wow. they, okay. what the surgery was is they cut off part of my collarbone
0: and had to put it all back together. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So, uh, well, they didn't, like, somebody didn't order a code red on you. So that's good. No, that's good. right. Okay. Yes. We, we didn't want to hear that.
1: You know, but. No, thankfully, yes. <laughs> we might have had one of those during my base. Yes. See,
0: this is what I mean. Like, I'm the kind of person that it would, even if I thought, wow, that would be fun. There's no, I wouldn't even go talk to the Army recruiter. I would be so terrified that I would just, I I wouldn't even, you know, forget it. I'd be like, I'm out. Uh, I can't, you know, I I knew some ROTC guys, some ROTC guys in college and they had a lot of fun with it, but you know, had to get up way too early and dress up. And, uh,
1: I'm already an early riser since I was like five years old. I wake up at like five in the morning. Oh
0: my! I
1: I was that kid. I I have older siblings. And if I wanted to watch the cartoons that I wanted to watch on Saturday morning, I had to get up first and then i was already planted down and it's my cartoon i was here first so i'm up at 5 i don't care wow okay
0: okay this is all this is all <laughs> it's quite an image it's quite a thing you're like i said you're you're a renaissance man <laughs> And but I guess and a Renaissance also, man who knows how to like, you know, use heavy, heavy weaponry, which is good.
1: But, but it comes back to uh, but where I was going with that was the ethics side, right? I take ethics very, very seriously. I took that very seriously in law school. I take it very seriously since I've been out of law school and everything that happened around this 2020 election. I think my pinned tweet is me calling Jenna Ellis, Trump's campaign attorney, a liar on Fox News. Um, I said that to her because she was lying about what Joe Biden's plan said. His plan said your taxes will not go up unless you make over $400,000. And she was saying everybody's taxes are gonna go up. And I said, you're lying. And and I find it despicable what some of these attorneys have been caught red-handed doing and called out by the court. So I'm not saying something that hasn't been, I'm not saying she's been convicted of anything yet, but I do believe she lied on the air and I would challenge her. And that's why she never sued me for defamation because it's true. She said something that is objectively false. Yeah. And, and, um, but it's despicable to me, despicable to me. And this was something that wasn't done before. We didn't have attorneys going and filing frivolous lawsuits that the courts themselves are like, this is garbage. And now you owe me, you know, you're getting sanctioned and I'm turning you over. For, for bar review. And, and this, these are not things that happened before. And it's yeah. tragic to me to watch. And it it's because exactly to your point, then we get to this question. And then, you know, lawyers already are rated, what, one, one away from used car salespeople. So, um, and it's like, no, no, I, the majority of people I work with in, in this profession, the majority of judges uh, I stand in front of. Um, and a long time ago, before I ever went to law school, I served on a, on a jury of a murder trial. And, Almost everybody I've encountered are, are respectable, honorable people. Yeah, we all have our weird little issues and everything else, but they respect the law. They respect, you know, what we're supposed to be doing. And so to see that happen and just cast a dark cloud is, is so tragic, I think is the best word I can use for it.
0: Yeah, that's a good word. You've also you've set up now. I have a page of questions and you've segued nicely fire away. So but before we do. We have to take a quick break. Be right back with Ethan Behrman. Hey, everybody. It's LB. This episode of Prevail is brought to you by our new Friday night show, The 5-8, airing live on YouTube at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. On The 5-8, Greg and I discuss five topics for eight minutes each. And you never know who might drop by so pour yourself a cocktail or a cup of tea and join us tonight on the 5-8 you can subscribe on our youtube channel the 5-8 f-i-v-e and the number eight see you later and now back to the show okay we're back with ethan Behrman. that was an intense break um (laughs) so before we were talking about um your, your sense of ethics and calling jenna ellis a liar The only thing that I will ever remember about Jenna Ellis five years hence is that she caught COVID by sniffing Rudy Giuliani's fart.
1: Now, do we know that for a fact?
0: I don't know, but- We believe it to be true. We know he farted. We know that she was there and sniffed it. We know that he had COVID and we know she got it right after that. So- so
1: and can I, I have a Jenna Ellis story I've never told.
0: Please do. Yes, yes.
1: So Greg, you, this is your scoop. This is mm-hmm. your, exclusive. okay. So um, when I was a talk radio host for Balance as uh, the program director at the time wanted, we would bring on, and I like this. I love talking to people who disagree with me, by the way. I actually enjoy sure. that because I get to learn. I get to understand my own beliefs better. and I get to understand what the other side thinks about something. So for most of my life, I, I have enjoyed engaging with, with conservatives and, and people who disagree with me on things. And uh, we used to book people from the Washington Examiner, and some of them were really good. And, and Jenna Ellis was on my radio show on KGO, San Francisco, um, and talked about something she had written about in the Washington Examiner. And she was a good guest. And she was very kind and friendly. Um, and even when we like messaged, she was like, oh, thanks so much for having me on. I'd love to come back. I can't remember if I booked her a second time or not. Let's say I did. And she came back on and she's like, oh, this is great. Can I come on more regularly? I'm like, well, you know, maybe. And then I was even on Fox News. And she at first, she was even pleasant to me, even when we were arguing against each other. It was very cordial. And then she got hired by Donald Trump. And it was like a light switch got flipped. And she turned into a gigantic asshole. And uh, I had said something about Ivanka Trump shortly after Jenna got hired. And Jenna went after me, after me, all ad hominems, just personal attacks. And I was like, Jenna, what are you doing? And I was doing this publicly on Twitter. I mean, what are you doing? Um, why are you just why are you just doing ad hominems toward me? This is never how we've communicated. And she wouldn't lay off. And so I blocked her for a minute. And then I unblocked her, of course. But, but I was like, oh my God, what? it's Trump. It's the Trump effect. If you're going to work for Donald Trump, you have to literally, well, okay, figuratively sell your soul to the devil. I mean, maybe some of them literally did, but, it but it's like, way. yeah, she was not that person until she went to work for Donald Trump. And she was this pleasant, she was conservative, whatever, but it's like, you know, whatever, I can have conversations with you. I've I've always enjoyed conversations with people like David French and and, uh, Joe Walsh and some of those types of people, but she just immediately went off
0: the deep end. And it's like, wow, that's the Trump effect. It's interesting you say that, because a lot of these people, the word on the street is that they are, quote unquote, nice. They are friendly. Like Clarence Thomas is supposed to be very nice. I read that book, The Nine, he's supposed to be like, almost over the top nice to everybody that works in the building and all the sort of stuff. And he probably is. He probably yeah. is. Jeff Sessions supposed to be very, a really nice guy, yeah. you know, app, you know, Keebler elf evil, but like, Hey, he's, he's nice in person. He, he says nice things. And, you know, like you said, Jenna Ellis, Tucker Carlson is supposed to be nice too. And he's an active well, I can, fashion. I can
1: speak to that. Yeah. I can speak to that. Right. I mean, I've been on his show maybe 40 times. Yeah. And, um, and I've been on set with him uh, a few times and it, I'm going to tell you, there are people that are nice in this business, in this business, and there are people who are not. And he was absolutely, regardless of what I think of his opinions and what he's done, and the CPAC yeah. and the replacement theory, and you know, I was on a show before he was really pressing the replacement theory thing. Um, he was nice to absolutely everybody he worked with, everybody.
0: Yeah, I believe it. I've heard that. Like that's a, that's a that's a story because I've written about him and and kind of done deep dives into it and that's a thing which it's again like what happened to him and i don't know what the answer is i have some theories you're not going to tell me the theories but uh you know but yeah why they're, wouldn't they're, i tell you, you theories. theories i can tell you theories you could tell me theories that something snapped in him and he's now like you know fluffing victor orban and budapest and it's <laughs> it's disgusting and um I love you know, that and, term
1: though
0: <laughs> isn't it great <laughs> it's, it, it's evocative, but you have to know what it means. And if you know what it means, if you don't know what it means, you'll be like, Oh, that's just a normal word. But if you know what it means, then you laugh, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's perfect in that, <laughs> in that sense. And, and let me tell you this. I'm certain that Tucker does know what it means. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> I would, I would bet on that. So what's the deal getting back to this, this attorney business, this, like this Eastman and Powell and Linwood and, Ju- and even Giuliani now at this point, why are, I mean, are they still in the bar? Why doesn't the bar throw these guys out? Like what I don't understand how this works. Like from a non-lawyer, it seems to me like I get that the bar association, once you're in, they have to protect you. Kind of like the I I would think, like, no.
1: No, you have that you have that backwards. I do. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No, the the bar association's job is not to protect attorneys. And 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 they really don't. Um, and I don't I don't mean that with any malice. So let me let me be clear that that really when you kind of break down and you look at what the bar does. Is there to protect the public okay good from yeah. from lawyers and um while they you know we work we obviously we we work hand in hand with the bar i pay attention with the bar i, I comply with the bar all those great things the bar does not exist so if, if you talk about like the american bar association as opposed to the state bars right the american bar association i voluntarily join and they might, uh, I don't know if they actually do lobbying or not, but, but they do things for attorneys, right? But the state bar is the licensing board. Yeah. And the state bar does not look out for me. It looks out for the public to protect them, allegedly from the people like the, uh, what Michael Avenatti is accused of, what um, here in California, we had a massive scandal with Tom Girardi that still is, there are many, many cases still going on with that. They're they're supposed to protect the public from attorneys who aren't doing their job and attorneys who aren't following all of our rules. Um, By the way, attorneys, it's really interesting. I can only speak to California. I can't speak to like the New York bar and, and some of that, but like in California, if I get a drunk driving ticket, a DUI, I get in trouble with the bar. Because it's a it's a moral issue, and and so there are really really serious things there are, that are that's part of the reason I'm like I'm always so if you ever um, which you haven't um, ever have the opportunity to join me on a on a first time call like an intake call with me, that's like the, I I I like literally will read through what the bar would want me to say, which is look, you know, everything we say is confidential, even though I'm not your attorney at this point, you know, it's really, I'm very serious about that. I, my, my fee agreements follow the state bar outline. I know a lot of attorneys who don't, but it's like, I never want to get in trouble with the bar. So it's um, whereas these attorneys clearly don't care.
0: They don't care. It's strange. And maybe uh, again, it, it speaks to what I was talking about before, like this idea of of eroding the, you know what it seems like to me? Okay, this just yeah. popped into my head, so it might not make any sense. Okay. I have two kids who are in high school, okay? So, and they were in high school during this the uh, pandemic. So basically oh, wow. for almost two years, they just had online school. How many and kids? I have two kids. My two, oldest two. Okay. kid is a junior now, and he's really having problems getting back into the school, oh, even yeah. though he's been at school this whole year, because he, he's just like, Now that he knows that you can just do it from home online, he's like, why am I taking a bus there? It's a waste of time. And he's not wrong. But I feel like there there was always this sort of, um, this idea of school, I'm putting school in scare quotes, as this this authority, authority, this great authority that cannot ever be questioned. And as soon as COVID happened and and the pandemic happened and, and everybody was doing school from home, suddenly that just vanished. And it became like, you know, professors, uh, teachers who are like our age, um, using technology versus kids using technology. And you're a bad example, but, but, but most, most, most of the time, the kids are going to win that battle right there. Yes, they're yes, yes. The <laughs> you know? And, uh, the, the, the teachers would be like, is the camera working? And the kids are just like texting each other the answer. You know, it's, that's yeah. just what yeah, happens yeah, yeah. globally. And I feel like maybe with the lawyer, like not, everybody but the this particular brand of of attorney it's the same thing it's like suddenly we're like why do we believe in this at all it's just all whatever yeah. you know why do we care about the electors who cares fuck it you know it's it's almost like that fuck it attitude where they just don't and i don't know if that's from quarantine i don't know if that's from people just ignoring subpoenas and nothing happening which i think is important because it sets a tone you know you you don't respond to a subpoena Nothing ha- from Congress I'm talking about. Yes. Literally nothing happens. And then why would anybody do that? I, I, you know, um, you, I don't know. It's you, just a theory. A-
1: those, are big, those are big topics, and, and you're not wrong on any of them. And I, I, it, it, all of these things have been chipping away, right? So for 200 and whatever, 30 years, um, presidents followed unwritten rules and we, we didn't statutorily enact rules for the president because we assumed that if we elect a, a president, first off, they were gonna be most concerned about our country as a whole first. Um, and we assumed they would follow the norms. And if they didn't follow the norms, that was the impeachment process. Um, and that's why you saw people, uh, look, I, I can think Richard Nixon is a horrific pile of steaming crap but he had that shred of honor, which was, I'm going to resign yeah. before I can be removed. And Donald Trump was, has demonstrated the absolute opposite from before. The moment he announced he was running, I said on the air, I am absolutely against this guy. Um, it's Idiocracy, it, 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 one of my favorite Mike Judge movies, Yep, um, and, and which was supposed to just be satire, not a documentary. And I was totally against him because I could see what he was doing. He's been a shitty human being yeah. forever. I know people from New York that had interactions with Donald Trump and not one of them had a good thing to say about him. Yeah. And, uh, you know, regardless of where they were on, and remember he used to be a Democrat until he he jumped in in 2015. Yeah. So this guy was so bad and he's, torn away at all of these norms that we have in a way that's so deeply damaging that that then to see others jump on that to take advantage of it. ron DeSantis is a harvard educated individual and acts like a moron yeah. tom cotton senator from hicksville usa literally harvard grad again harvard law i believe yeah and, and I now call him Senator Dumshucks because he tries to play all dumb and stupid to talk to the people. <laughs> Fuck you, Tom Cotton. You know, it's like, it's the most disgusting, undermining approach to our entire country and democracy in general. And it's happened with politicians who all lockstep behind Donald Trump. And then you see these lawyers and look, I get it. There, there are lawyers in this world who do things exclusively for money and blah, 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 Fine. But that's one thing. It's another thing to help undermine our democracy. And that's, that's what those lawsuits have done. And then to You still have idiots, that moron in Pennsylvania who just won the Republican nomination. Oh,
0: scary. Scary. Yes.
1: I mean, he could be governor of a large state, which unlike many other states where we elect our secretary of state in California, he appoints the secretary of state in Pennsylvania. Who do you think he would put in charge of elections? Donald Trump. right i mean it's like oh my god what are we what are we facing here and so instead democrats are busy fighting amongst themselves and you're not you're not progressive enough and you're not you know pro-palestinian anti whatever i'm i'm i want peace in the middle east and i'm very pro israel and um oh no you can't you know no let's eat each other alive while the republicans take total control that's a good idea folks
0: I think we should spend the next year and a half just talking about whether or not we should forgive all student debt. I think that's obviously the most important.
1: Thing. Right, and I mean, and I think that's a topic that's important, right? I mean, it, uh, well over what is it, one point five trillion dollars in student debt, it, and it's you know, it's it's particularly burdensome to a, a middle and lower economic class. You know, these are big topics, but yes, let's kill each other over that instead of making sure that Republicans don't win.
0: Yeah. I it's it's it, it's madness now you talked about lawsuits I've there, there's there been some terrible lawsuits and I'm not even talking just about the Sydney Powell Linwood bullshit I, I'm talking about the slap lawsuits like I had oh. on um mm-hmm. on the podcast last week uh Ryan Byrne who's working with Devin's cow to do this new cow pack okay uh oh
1: cool no I don't even know I, I need to go back and listen I apologize I just, no it's, it's my...
0: it, no it's fine because it's this is brand new this just I didn't even know I don't that know they why. were doing this until ryan told me on the air like it, it's brand new um okay. but uh devon's cow has been sued years ago right. by yeah, Devin Nunes, this. which is mm-hmm. i mean you're allowed to do satire of a fucking politician this is more i mean i'm not a lawyer but duh like any judge would look at this and be like duh fuck you that's it should be three words duh fuck you but Devin Nunes, God knows who's paying for these lawyers to, you know, file this stuff on his behalf. We have no idea. You want to talk about um, that? <laughs> um, but this lawsuit, these lawsuits, to me, are scary because what they do is they take journalists down. It's, there's a similar one in the UK. You know, the libel laws are a lot stricter than they are here, and the the Abramovich, I think it was Abramovich, sued Catherine Belton for writing the book about Putin's people and that was, you know, a, a, and uh, Carol Kalawand, they were all in court for years because yes. they were reporting on shit that's obvious, like, hey, what do you know? London's been taken over by Russians, duh. But because these guys have money and power and lawyers willing to do this thing, I, I worry about that a lot. I just think it's, it, it, it's a way of just killing the spirit of people that, whose spirit we need. So I don't know. Do you think this is a like a trend or what do you think?
1: Oh, whew, okay. This is a huge topic. Um, uh, let me, let me, let me try and be a little succinct on it. Okay, You got to start with the fact that each state has their own defamation laws. It's not a federal law. It's, it's state by state. So some states have done a better job and that's why you see Um, even Virginia has revised their slap statute after Devin Nunes uh, and other lawsuits were being what we would call forum shopping. Forum shopping is not a bad thing unless you're on the wrong side of it and then you think it's bad, right? But if you're on the right side of it and it's for justice, it's a wonderful thing. So that's why, you know, this is the problem with so many things is it's most of these terms and most of these things are actually neutral. It's just how they're used, right? A hammer is a tool, but if I use it to kill somebody, it's a bad thing. If I use it to fix a broken door, it's a good thing. So the hammer itself is not the issue. It's, it's how we use it. Um, anyway, these slap lawsuits, uh, well, so they're defamation lawsuits. So, so slap is a strategic litigation against, uh, well, I, I learned it as public participation, but it's, it's actually something slightly different. That's my phrasing for it. Okay. But, um, these were in the early 20th century, uh, the oligarchs would use SLAP lawsuits to silent, silence, not just journalists, they would use them to silence, hey, I'm gonna build a new railroad through your town. You can't say anything about the railroad, I'm gonna sue you all out of existence, right? And, and nobody had any ability to fight them. And so states like California were like, hey, oh, we're gonna implement a, uh, an anti-SLAP you know, to, to, to protect the First Amendment um so just wealthy people don't destroy little people who can't defend themselves against these things right and 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 they didn't do it to win money from people we, they used them to shut people up right right um and so i'm a i'm a I I love defamation as you know, and um, that is a topic that I enjoy. But states like Virginia had a, a as I understand it, a, a looser slap statute or a looser anti slap statute, which really kind of allowed cases to progress with with less intrusion. So in in California state court, we have something called like a, a demurrer, uh, which in you would think of that as like a, a motion to dismiss. And there's a special anti-slap motion that you file immediately if you're uh, charged with defamation that gets a separate hearing. So those were different in Virginia. And so Devin Nunez's team likely forum shopped on his behalf. And again, that's not a, a wrong or a bad thing. It's just a fact that Twitter appears to people in the state of Virginia. Therefore, I can sue you in Virginia. And I can take advantage of their different defamation laws because I sure don't want to go after Devin's cow in California because I'd get hammered on an anti-slap motion. So I'm going to go to Virginia because they have maybe a longer statute of limitations. They have um, easier anti-slap. And yeah, and so this is a, a, a terrible turn. I, I know some other people uh, who have been targeted by these types of lawsuits. And again, it, it's not there's nothing wrong with filing a legitimate lawsuit against somebody I'm on your I, I, as I understand I have not read all the filings on the Devon uh, so I, I can't speak deeply about it but on the face of it it seems like to your point a motion to dismiss or at least the motion for summary judgment should be successful in that case. I mean to your point and do you know who who really helped making satire of a politician? the law of the land in the Supreme Court in the 1970s? Uh, No, tell me. Larry Flint. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Honest to God, he is, um, you can hate him in every capacity uh, or love him in every capacity, but the one capacity of which I give him respect is he took it to the Supreme Court when people like Jerry Falwell didn't like a mocking ad in I believe it was Hustler magazine that absolutely savaged Uh, I believe it was and and, but it went up to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court was like no you can satire is a is protected speech and um so that's where it's really hard to to without uh, seeing the entire arguments from Devin Nunes aside how this thing has gone this far
0: I don't know either I don't know the specifics of it it's just I know I I worry about that because I see I see a paralysis, a potential paralysis of people that are trying to, um, you know, do good work, uh, combined with media, not media who has resources not doing their fucking job, which that's a whole other, uh, I hit at this all the time, I, you know, it's like my, my pet peeve, but, um, you know, so much reporting from these, and it's not the individual journalists, usually it's the editorial boards, it's the, it's the, it's the people with the money.
1: It's the news directors. It's yeah. the CEOs. It's it's
0: yeah. The way that a newspaper is supposed to be structured, you have the publishers and you have the editors, and they're not supposed to even interact at all. There's supposed to be a wall between the money side and the editorial side, which obviously that is not what's happening these days. Um, because you know, I, for I don't know. I don't know where that
1: still exists. Yeah, I mean, I genuinely, I'm I'm actually curious. I would love for somebody to point out to me where that still. In any major outlet or publication where that still exists, I
0: mean, I think that it, probably on the surface it does. I think if you go to the Washington Post, probably I don't think yeah. Bezos is in the editorial meetings. I think there is the 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 um, you know, the vestiges there. Oh, and there are
1: great people at the Washington Post too, and oh, same yeah, with the New York Times. There are great people there, yeah. but like you run into this thing, you know, that just caused a big controversy. Uh, I believe over the weekend, which was this Haiti story in the New York Times, uh, and allegedly they didn't credit their sources. Haitians who had done all the work to show how Haiti had been, uh, you know, ripped off for billions of dollars since they went independent. And allegedly the New York Times did not uh, credit their sources in Haiti who gave them the information that was used apparently verbatim in the New York Times article.
0: Oh my God. That I mean that's, it's like, that's terrible. That's just a you know journalistic fail. I mean, I'm talking more about the, the editorial no, stuff. Like they they, you know, even the 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 uh the editorial board wrote the piece about the the, the war, the russia's Ukraine thing it, it just it's a madness. Like what you know they were for it two months ago now they're they're basically their position is well, you know, this was cute for a while, but now we have to just stop, you know. And uh, I, I'm paraphrasing it's like, I know, oh, but,
1: it, but but hang on, Putin yeah in uh, unprovoked invasion fuck anybody who says oh NATO provoked him fuck you he had a chance
0: yeah
1: uh, uh, uh sorry should i not swear so much
0: Craig? you can you have not right. sworn enough every time you it's, swear i consider it an achievement okay because i
1: don't swear normally i think you maybe know that from broad
0: because i'm on broadcast you i know this is another it, benefit of this podcast you can it, say whatever it's, the but fuck it's you like, want. like
1: Nato did not provoke Putin. Putin had many opportunities to dial back anything with Ukraine. He didn't. He chose to unprovoked invade. I mean, he shot, his people shot down a freaking commercial airliner full of passengers and never, anyway, and then invaded and took Crimea that was an illegal invasion and actually You know, I mean, I'll be open. President Obama's response to that was insufficient. Correct. And and as a result, we had this invasion. But anybody who says, oh, we need to just be done with.
0: Yeah, it's the big
1: middle finger. No, (laughs) these are people fighting for their lives, for their independent nation, Slava Ukraini, And uh, it's um, it's insane that anybody would even talk that way. Don't be whatever her Marjorie something three names is uh and don't be a putin bootlicker okay
0: yeah it's uh, it's it's disgusting i mean the whole thing is gross and i feel like you know this is it this is the this is a showdown between democracy and fascism that's one way to look at it and i think that we need to it is. you know if this horrible thing is going to happen anyway we need to we need to help the forces of good which are clearly the forces of good here there's no there's no ambi- there's no moral ambiguity here no so, and, you
1: know, and you know you can talk about whatever issues you might have had with ukraine and et cetera et cetera. that's great But we're not at a place. It's kind of like talking about the Democrats right now. I understand uh, student debt is is a very serious and big issue. Guess what? It's fascism or it's democracy. Which do you choose? And if you're going to stay over here and quibble about all these other little things, that's fan-fucking-tastic. Because you want that guy back in the White House. You want that moron running the state of Pennsylvania, all of a sudden disenfranchising an untold number of particularly uh, people of color, people of lower socioeconomic classes. That's what we're facing. Sorry, I know I'm repeating what you say, but it's like, it it is. It can't be repeated enough. It can't. It can't. It's not like, you know, oh. Well, you know, you know, George H. W. Bush second term or Bill Clinton, you know, uh, I I I voted for Bill Clinton. But would George H. W. Bush had you know what, what did he, he went to destroy the country, you know,
0: we went to be disagreed on a few things, but he wasn't gonna I think he was actually kind of a good president. I know yeah. I should I'm not allowed to say that on the thing, I know. right no, he made no. mistakes. Is it no. Clarence no. Thomas is a mistake, Bill Barr was a mistake, but generally speaking, and you know, not for nothing, the first Gulf War, and I've said this a million times on this show, but you know Hussein, Saddam Hussein went into Kuwait. We said, "You're not allowed to invade a sovereign nation." We gathered all reason. of the forces together and sent him back into Iraq. And what do you know? He didn't invade anybody anymore.
1: And the people who say that was just oil, that's also bullshit, because you don't understand geopolitics, then we couldn't have Saddam Hussein taking Kuwait, let's ignore oil for a minute, purely from from the money side, geopolitically, that would have given him too much power that would have caused an imbalance in the Middle East, where he would have defeated Iran in their ongoing war. Think about or he could have taken Syria, or he could have. It, it, when you look at what would have happened if he had kept Kuwait or he could have continued on to other, it, the whole place
0: and would have. Could have. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. um, like Putin, Saddam Hussein is just a thief. He's a yes. a very That's good it. thief. The first That's thing it. he did when he invaded Kuwait was he went to rob the bank. I mean, literally, he went to the central bank and robbed it. Yeah. And Kuwait had to demand itself Anyway. Uh, but, you know, yeah. To your point, this is not George W. against Bill. This This is... Yeah. You no, know, whoever they wind up running, whether it's Trump or one of his uh, more photogenic Decentus acolytes. Or, yeah, yeah. Or I, it might be Christy Noam from you know South Dakota. Do you
1: think so? Do you think Michelle Bachman light is uh is, is that's mm. serious when the first time I saw Christy Noam, I was like, wait, Michelle Bachman moved to South Dakota? When did that happen? Um I, I don't know. But, but the, the, you, do you really think she's got a shot at the yeah. presidency in 24?
0: I you know. I thought when when Liz Cheney broke with the party, this I thought to myself, Nazi. I'm like, I, I want to go buy stock and she's going to be the Republican candidate for president in 24 because the party is going to get destroy itself. All of the Trump people are going to be unelectable and the only non-Trump person left is going to be her. So not only is this like really cool and pro-democratic and all this stuff, it's also smart politically what she's doing. But now I'm not so sure. Now it's two years removed. And I don't know, you know, that there's too many weird, I will see how it goes over the summer with these hearings. And, you know, Trump is clearly a criminal. Um, He has always been a criminal, frankly, and he was a criminal while he was in the White House. I don't think there's any question about it. It's just a matter of, is the case going to be made effectively enough so that people believe it? is there going to be the smoking gun that everybody sort of collectively is like, okay, well, we can't argue about that. And then what happens after that? It, are, are the people that are most in bed with him going to suffer political damage from it? Mitch McConnell will not. Mitch McConnell has, ha, has enough distance that he will not because he's smarter than all of them. I hate him, but he's smarter than the rest of them. And, you know, and
1: he's made his uh, tens of millions too. So
0: yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, so we're co- we're coming up on time. I I I, I mostly because I don't want to keep you. I know you got you got things to do. You've 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 got uh, basic training to, to re-enlist in and, and a daughter to drive to the to the, to the
1: show. <laughs> in cases to prepare clients, for. to argue in court. You, know, you
0: have court tomorrow and. Uh, Presumably, you have some old uh, laptop in your basement that you're going to fiddle with in in the tech thing. So, I do want to ask you one more question about antitrust, because I saw on your website that you Mm -hmm. had some sort of participation in in crafting the antitrust law in California. Um, I had Kurt Anderson on my show, I don't know, a couple months ago, and, and Evil Geniuses, he writes a lot about antitrust, thinking that those old laws that were written to combat like standard oil and us steel can be revived and sort of like tweaked now to take on these monopolistic uh big tech companies what is your thinking about like what did you do for antitrust like what does the law say what do you think about it are we off base here
1: antitrust is is like many things in laws is is actually fairly complicated so um and just really quick i didn't help craft law i i, I helped with the treatise so i'm a, oh, okay uh, okay, the, the, which is basically like here's the state of antitrust law right and un, unfair competition law in california and so california has its own antitrust laws but of course it's you're talking about the the sherman antitrust act mm-hmm. um which is from the 19th century if you recall and and um it's uh very old law. Let's, let's just say this. It's very old, but I, I question anybody who says we can, and, and I'm sure you were paraphrasing him, but there are many decisions since then that refine yeah. how we view antitrust. And r- at the current state of antitrust. When you start talking about tech companies, the current state of it, mm-hmm. now they can pass laws and whatever, but as of today, it's becomes, an argument between economists, expert witnesses, to define the market. So in antitrust law, you have to, uh, there, there are two forms, but generally speaking, we're talking about a monopoly, right? Yeah. And to, def- to get into a monopoly, you have to have, and I'm generally speaking, it's about a two thirds market share. Well, market share of what? And that's the argument in the, in the cases that you would bring. So like Microsoft, you remember that they were about to be broken up. Um, uh, this was 20 years ago. Uh, they didn't even though 90 whatever percent of all desktop operating system, personal computers because the argument was the innovation is so rapid and depends on how you measure it. Um, Therefore, you know, they, they're not guilty of violating antitrust law. And I really believe so because that's kind of the current state of antitrust law, the ability to nail any of these tech companies uh, in the United States, I also studied antitrust, European antitrust law. That's where it's going to come from is, is the European union. And I believe that there's a case against Google that's gonna require them to split off the ad business in Europe. Um, But it's European antitrust laws, way more progressive than the United States. Um, I don't recall seeing anything in the last two years that makes me revise that. It will be up to Congress to kind of revise our approach to the tech companies. But I, I caution everybody when you start saying, oh, section 230 of the Communications Decency Act anything that you do to tinker with that is going to is going to have unintended consequences. And when I say unintended, I also mean unforeseen consequences um, that generally are not going to be good. So the initial intent will be served. And then what comes after that is where it's going to be really ugly. And I'm I'm super cautious in supporting any changes to section 230.
0: Well, you know, we're fortunate because if there's any group of people that is smart enough and young enough and vital enough and tapped into the tech market enough to understand all this, it's Congress. I think yes. we can agree on that.
1: <laughs> Especially the Senate.
0: <laughs> I mean, Chuck Grassley, you know, I think he's fine. I think he's got it all figured out. He's, 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 uh, he, he doesn't TikTok even know how a punch
1: watch. card works. He's that old.
0: He thinks TikTok is a watch, you know, it's, it's, that's, it's, it's bad. I I don't know. How does
1: he wind his TikTok to be able to see the latest video? I don't know. I don't know. It's uh, no, it's really, it's, it's concerning um, in this, but this is a common problem. This is not unique to tech at all. This is in many areas. You know, you talk about things like autonomous vehicles. We don't have laws in place to deal with this yet. Yeah. You know, we don't, we don't have laws in place. This is very typical of the laws come after. And by the way, this is in general, this is how humans function. This is basic human psychology. We don't want change until there's enough pain, right? Mm. So we don't ask for somebody to do something, even though it's like danger. That's why the whole climate change thing is, is an impossible argument other than to a, a, a minority of people, because I don't feel the pain. So why am I, you're asking me to spend more money. Why would I spend more money and have something cost more to me when I am not personally feeling the pain? Because the oil companies and everybody else has been able to externalize those costs. I mean, now we go back to the economists again. And so for me, I'm, I am I now drive an electric car. Electric cars are not perfect. I put up solar panels to charge my electric car. I did my own DIY setup. So no, I'm not using coal off the grid. Do I bring coal? If somebody gives me a plastic bag, I use it till it literally falls apart. I mean, but, but that's not how most people think. And they think I'm not, and people think I'm nuts because I do stuff like that, you know? And, um, but but I'm looking at it in the big picture, but that's a minority of people that do that. We, we have to feel the pain before we ask for change. And that's why people that are suffering through student loan debt are the ones crying for student don't, and I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean, literally like crying for help yeah, because they're suffering and they're suffocating under the weight of it. And everybody else is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's not a priority because it is a minority of people that it's affecting. Yeah. And that's why minorities have suffered as long as they have, because it's a minority of people that are suffering.
0: Yeah. And I didn't mean to poo poo the, uh, the, the I know student you didn't. debt thing either. I mean, I think no, but that's a great a example. example. It's a but great example. Yeah, it is. I mean,
1: it's not going to win or, or lose an election, I don't believe, but it's an important issue.
0: Yeah. And you know, there's a lot of important issues, and uh, I don't know what to what to uh, what to believe. This is I. This is another idea that I had. I think the U.S. government should buy Twitter, forty four billion, buy Twitter, run it as a public utility. Boom. So
1: I, I immediately disagree with that because now my terms of service terms of service don't work, right? So I I believe that has to stay in in private hands. Uh, the minute that becomes public. You're going to run into, um, yeah, I mean, D- Donald Trump has free reign. I mean, you can't stop him. And mm. I, 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 I believe that a fundamental problem of the internet, and it does go back to Saturn 2.30, um, in a way, but I, this is all the publishers and this is social media. In the 1990s, when I first started seeing this, I was like, oh, this is going to be bad anonymity on the internet. I understand it from, from like whistleblowing. I, I know anonymity has its place, but on regular boards and, and they tried to implement it through like Facebook. You know, Facebook was the only way you could comment or I don't even remember right. some of those other services back in the day. Anonymity is what has led us here because few of the people that are being truly horrible on a regular basis, do you know who they really are? And the loud public voices with large followings are only doing it in response to these other voices. And they see they have enough of a base. They see that turns out the vote. And I believe disinformation is empowered heavily by anonymity on the internet. So that's a fundamental flaw in the origins of the protocols underlying what we call the internet Where there weren't authentication and certificate mechanisms built in in the first place, we've talked and the tech community has talked about this forever, um, and we tried to address it in various ways, and um, but we lost. And social media made that happen. So bots are the result of anonymity. Yeah, Uh, yeah. you know, awful human beings. I've called people who have sent me absolute disgusting hate mail after I've been on Fox News, for example. I've actually picked up the phone and called them. I've gotten, and I've emailed them back. It's rare. I don't waste my time doing that often, but sometimes I'm like, there's something about this person I'm going to reach out to them. Almost every time they back off and back down from what they said to me. Yeah. Because they were anonymous. And then I'm like, I figure out who they are and I call them and they're like, oh. So, so I'm there, I can say it to my face. Yeah, yeah. And so you can get away with saying horrific white nationalist things, horrific alt-right crap, horrific, you know, anti-Black, anti-Jewish. There's tons of, you know, I you can get away with that when nobody knows who's actually saying
0: it. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 really just a between the anonymity of that and now Trump and these forces unleashing all this yes. ugliness um, and, and giving, you know, platforming it and giving it um, a boost, you know, making it like not only cool, cool isn't the right word, but um, making it acceptable. seem acceptable. Yeah. Yes, acceptable. Thank you. That
1: was never socially acceptable to be a horrific asshole to other people.
0: Yeah. You know, you have to be, and and they are, they just, they're just.
1: I, I was at the humane or the animal shelter wasn't technically the humane society. It was, I was at an animal shelter. Was that yesterday? I tweeted. I literally watched this guy because the volunteer and the worker at the animal shelter, he wanted them to break the rules for him and his daughter. um. And they're like, no, sir, that's not how it works. And he attacked them. I, I've never, what?
0: Yeah. It's, it's too much. I, I don't know. Maybe there's a misplaced anger too. There's like a displacement where yeah. you have the income inequality and, um, you I'm know, which is was not
1: on the short end of the income, but let me just say that.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, but that, that, that's its own thing that then someone like yeah. that get, is, is accustomed to getting whatever they want, whenever they want it. And my God, I have to wait in line. How dare. Yes. You know, right. I, I, I don't <laughs> wait in line. Do you know who I am? Um, Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> remember that recent incident oh these guys madison coffer right got pulled over like do you know who i am well oh, god. ted cruz oh god yeah do you know who i am and, and, and we should all answer like bogart and casablanca i do you're lucky the bar is open to you <laughs> i love that that's
1: a perfect answer <laughs>
0: And the guy that he wouldn't let in the casino is the guy from Deutsche Bank.
1: By the way. So, all right, I have a question for you, Greg. Though, okay, I know we're out of time. I know. We're no, out it's of fine. Time. Um, but I, I, what do you see as the most important step between now and the midterms for kind of anybody to do? I mean, what does that look like? Because you know, these midterms are going to be critical. If the Republicans retake either the Senate or the House, or God forbid, both, you know, President Biden will do nothing for his last two years. We know that for a fact, because that started under Obama in 2010. He's are just going to say, do nothing and never agree to anything. So what do you see as the most important step that somebody can do right now?
0: Somebody just, just, you know, a person listening to this or just anybody in the street or whatever. I mean, yeah. I think we have to keep talking about it and keep telling the stories. I mean, that's what I, I mean, that's what I'm trying to do. I don't know that it's the right move, but you know, I feel like there's almost this, this sense of, um, we're waiting for something for Trump to do something else. That's even worse. That's going to get him. And it's like, there are now years and years of stuff that we have that's in the record about these guys. We just have to keep telling the stories. Now, I, I as an example, and this is dumb because it's just a stupid Twitter thing, but I've been writing about Jared Kushner for years. Jared Kushner started to break the law when he lied on his SF-86. And every lie on the SF-86 is five years in prison. He lied like he redid the thing three times. Still got the job. The, the, the people in government were like, this dude is bad. We sh- shouldn't have access to confidential stuff. And Trump was like, yeah, whatever. We're doing it anyway. And he's done a lot of things that are bad. In terms of, you know, he knows he read read the president's daily brief in a way that Trump did not. He was buddy buddies with MBS in Saudi Arabia. There, There's that story from the intercept where he gave him classified information that that informed MBS on when he did the purge of the royal family. Um, there's the whole Qatar blockade which Kushner was lobbying for. And, you know, trying to to get a loan for his fucking family's building in, in um, you know when you're when you're using U.S. policy to get money for your family business that there there is a name for that and it's espionage and it is very very bad. And and he kept going, nobody stopped him. There's never very little written about him. Um, and then he was in charge of the COVID thing, and he was the one that was like, "Fuck it, let's just let the people die in New York and California and New Jersey because it'll make the governors look bad." And I again, I've said this a million times, but, you know, again, Kushner is from New Jersey. He grew up 20 minutes from where I grew up. His parents and his family live in New Jersey. He lives in New York and his brother lives in California. Those are the three states where he was totally cool with people dying. So
1: isn't he a Florida resident now?
0: He is now. And now he's taken all this money from the Saudis. And it's like, what the what the actual fuck is going on here? I finally wrote something that broke through and I wrote it in a style that just told the story without the names in a very narrative sort of way. And um, and it trended, he trended on Twitter for two days because Steve Schmidt RT'd it and it went crazy. And I was actually a little freaked out. You know? That's awesome, <laughs> that's when, awesome,
1: congratulations. Thank Mom. you,
0: but no, I said I, it's weird. Trending on Twitter is great because you're like, yeah, I'm trending on Twitter. And then you're like, oh shit, oh, I'm trending on you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. it's, it's really very much a double-edged sword. but. And then it fades away and there's nothing, there's nothing else about the guy that you hear. But I didn't write anything different. There was no new information. I just was trying to tell the story in a different way. And I think everybody just has to keep telling the stories. Not, it's, this isn't complicated. None of this is complicated. Trump did the insurrection. Trump killed people because he, he sat on the COVID thing and he politicized the response. A million Americans are dead of COVID. And 90% of them could have been prevented if he wasn't just trying to make money and win the election. That should have people furious. And, And it's true. It's not something I made up. I didn't invent it. It actually happened. We all lived through it. So we have to keep telling these stories. And I don't know what else to do apart from that. I know, I think that the MAGA people, the zombie MAGA people are actually a small percentage of the American population. And that Most people are just in the middle, and aren't paying attention because they, quote, don't like politics. Yep, there it is. Without really, if you don't, politics is just us. We are politics. Politics is is everything. People, kids don't like politics. Well, guess what? Your student loan debt ain't never going to be because you don't like politics and you don't vote and they know it. So that's the thing. Like all of this stuff is important. People have to get plugged in and COVID did not. Penetrate the bubble. It didn't penetrate the Fox bubble. The only thing that did was Ukraine for like two weeks, yeah. um, and I don't know that anything is going to do it other than these uh, the J six trial things that are going to the hearings that are going to happen over the summer. Now that you, you mentioned, I, we're going to loop it all the way back to the beginning. Yeah. Your 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 uh, fellow alumni of your law school, Loyola. There, uh, you know, the OJ trial was riveting television people were fixated on it you had very good lawyers working there and uh people were paying attention to it as entertainment this thing is going to be like that this is going to be a thing potentially it's going to be a thing that people are going to watch and there are no jim jordans there are no matt gates's they they don't have anybody that's asking the questions to fuck it up so and 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 really important reminder
1: for everybody. They had the opportunity Mm -hmm. to have people on that. They made the deal with Kevin McCarthy, the, the leader, the GOP leader in the house. And he, they came to the agreement, gave him everything he wanted. And then he backed out because Trump didn't want him to do it. And so then it was only Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger, right. Who are on the committee. And uh, that's their own doing, the morons. Now, here's the difference, though, between OJ and today. OJ, I remember a, a TV getting wheeled into the office for us to watch it. And so it was on the regular old, you know, whatever major network. We all know that if you're a hardcore Trumper, or even if you're not, you're not just a hardcore Trumper, you're a even an average Republican now, you're watching... Fox, Newsmax, OAN. Um, and you might not see J6. Did Fox announce that they're going to be
0: broadcasting it? Even so, I think it's going to be hard for them to ignore. I think people are going to be aware of it. It's going to be on Facebook circulating around and they're going to need to know about it, if only in their mind to refute it. You know what I mean? Like they can't fight against something they don't know about at all. Mm-hmm. So they might try to frame it in such and such a way, but I feel like they, They almost have to at least I might be wrong. I mean, they might just be like, I mean, I know how
1: Fox, I I know, I know how Fox would do this, though. So they're going to say, oh, the Democrats are busy just attacking, you know, this hearing. And, um, you know, then I'm going to bring on, let's say, Jason Chaffetz to say, oh, this is just another one of those stupid Democratic attacks. Um, look, it's just Democrats. I mean, no, you know, Liz Cheney and Dan Kinzinger's out, and Cheney got booted out of the party in Wyoming, or and that's how they're gonna poo-poo it and they'll talk about it for two minutes and then they'll move on.
0: Maybe so, I you know
1: I, I'm concerned that it's gonna break through. I it's gonna take all of us though to help it break
0: through. That's yes, the key. And I think I think that's the key. That thing must break through. It must. Yeah. And and you know, uh, everybody has people in their lives that don't pay attention to the news that are. Sure, you know, of course. Those are the people that we need to make sure they're no, they know what's going on. And I think that's the only thing we can do. You know, is so just... I have an idea. Can okay. I throw
1: out an extra idea for you? And now just, I know I've said repeatedly that we're totally out of time. Or um, not a, go ahead. This is going to require guerrilla tactics from Gen Z mm, yes. to get the word out. It's not going to be, no offense, Greg, us Gen Xers for all that we have contributed to this world and we created Gen Z, thank you very much. It's going to be Gen Z because they're going to have the guerrilla tactics, like buying all the tickets to, to the Trump rally. Remember right. that?
0: That was great. That so was nobody
1: great. showed up because they took all the tickets. That was the greatest thing ever. I loved it. It was yes. hilarious. Yep. It's going to require them to flood social media because we're not, no, again, I'm, I'm not demeaning us in any way. They have that energy and creativity of how to break through the algorithms in a way that I think will be more effective than what you and I might think and come up with. So now is the time to talk to our kids and say, okay, so we've got this thing happening. How can you help make it trend?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. And again, it goes back to what I was saying about the school, you know, the kids with the tech are going to win, you know, every time. time. Um, and, and hopefully we can, and, I don't know. I, I, I feel a little bit optimistic about it. I do. I mean, the other thing that could happen, that's the great unknown is that Merrick Garland might actually indict somebody. That would be nice.
1: I think he waits until after the J six committee.
0: Yeah, I think so too. But I, 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 that's, that's before the election though. That's before November. So it, it is.
1: And And, and I disagree with a lot of people on this one. I think the closer to the election, the better. I think mm-hmm. if he provides an October surprise, you know, um, I think that's, um, and he's not going to, and by the way, to anybody on the right who's listening, he's not thinking of it that way. Merrick Garland has already shown himself to be an absolutely honest broker of yeah. trying to to be, um, do do right. And that's why he would have been a phenomenal Supreme Court justice, by the way. And, um, but, but I think if he's, if it happens so, you know, closer, the closer to the election, the better without it being. Too
0: close. Yeah, I you no, know, I agree. The timing is going to be everything, and there's so many wild cards and things that can happen. You've got Ukraine, you've got the gas prices that everybody. I mean, I, I did. There's no denying thing. gas
1: prices are outrageous.
0: Yeah, but they're lower in the United States than almost any other country. Yes, I was just in yeah. other
1: countries in the world where it was ten dollars a gallon.
0: Yeah, exactly. And people were like, <laughs> "Oh, the gas prices are high. Yeah. Try going to the England. You know, it's ten bucks." Yes. <laughs> a gallon. Oh, they sell it by the liter, apparently. I didn't even know. Yes,
1: that. it's a pound sixty-eight for unleaded, and it's a, a pound eighty-one for diesel.
0: Yeah, it's high, you know. It's it's too the gas prices are too darn high, but it's not Biden's fault, it's Putin's fault for invading freaking Ukraine, and it's also and, residue of the of the pandemic, and the gas and oil companies are trying to recoup their items. And, and it's not even losses. And what?
1: And what nobody talks about, and it's the <sighs> is, and I'm not sighing at you, I'm just sighing at yeah. how good of a job the Cokes and others have done. There was a massive consolidation of refining in the 80s. And then again, I think it was about 20, 15, 20 years ago. And what they did, and actually California, to God love my state, um, they're part of this. Uh, if you change the environmental standards in such a way that it is too expensive to retrofit an old refinery, they don't they close it, and so what they did is they restricted they would buy smaller refiners and they would shut them down mm. and so we had a consolidation, so it's an ol- it's an oligopoly in the yeah. refining market, and really so you have the the problem of the traders pricing up and down and and some of that remember the offshore uh fr- oil freighters that uh I believe it was Goldman was accused of mm-hmm. uh, keeping them offshore to jack up oil prices. Was that an 08, 09, that time frame? You have the that, you have the refiners becoming an oligopoly. And then it's not your local gas station. Although some of those are around here in LA where it's, Hey, it can't be a dollar 20 price difference on one block. Uh, <laughs> there's something wrong on that one. Um, and by the way, tourists be aware of that here. It, it, but, but the point is, is the refiner is the middleman who, because there's little to no competition sets the price. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why when oil goes down, gas doesn't go down because the refiner, that's a great time to make extra profit.
0: Yeah. And that's what they did and, you know, they're just gouging. It's disgusting. That's what but yes. it, it, Rockefeller made his money in refining, you know. Like Standard right. Oil, that was it was he controlled everything else but the deposits. He didn't want to own the oil. He wanted to own all of the processing and the that guy was Mega genius, by the way. He, he was
1: evil genius, right? I mean, <laughs> totally. it's uh, and that, that's I don't how even know. Hear. I
0: don't even know how evil he was. I he he did a lot of good things. I mean, he did. He spent yeah. his he he gave a lot of money away. He invented modern philanthropy. He was like, yeah, that's true. I'm tired of people like asking me for money. We need to figure this out and professionalize it. And like he did that. He did it. Yeah, so good point. I have a great book about him by uh it was Chernov, I think, called Titan. it's one of the better books I've oh, ever I, read. And now I need to read this. Yeah, yeah, it's re- really interesting. If you're uh, you know fascinating guy, so um this has been fantastic thank you so much for coming on now uh on twitter you're at ethan bearman it's b-e-a-r-m-a-n we 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 uh, before you were on the show last time i asked about the pronunciation so it's like yes. bear man it's very california it, you got the bear. It's to- the-
1: california golden bear man
0: yeah there. Is. <laughs> <laughs> that's it um and then your your website what is it is it EthanBearman.com.
1: Uh, and if, if, you, um, if you're if you in California, and uh, uh, you can always reach out to me on the legal side, uh, TheBearmanFirm.com.
0: Okay, that's great. Um, again, thank you so much for taking the time. This is a lot of fun. Uh, co- come back again oh, soon. Oh, great. Man, yeah.
1: no, I, thank you. This is a great conversation. <laughs> Love picking your brain. You asked. Really great questions, and uh, you actually got me to open up on some things that I normally would not. So,
0: ooh, okay, good. well done, good, good. That's it. That's that. That mission accomplished here. Okay. <laughs> the prevail theme song is by Matthew Fossa. Sophia Tarashenko provided the Russian introduction. Voice talent is provided by Tally Briggs, Cigna Della, Stephanie Saint John, Brett Petticord, Ryan Byrne. At history falls apart, and me. Thanks to Allison Gill, Molly Hawkey, Kenai Williams, and everyone else at MSW Media. Please subscribe to the Prevail website with updates every Tuesday, Friday, and Sunday. Your $5 monthly subscription funds the site and the podcast. Visit gregolier.com to learn more. Thanks for listening. Drive safely. Don't forget to tip your server. Until next time, we shall prevail. W.